Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 384. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra. And before I introduce our guests, I'm going to tell you to go to our YouTube page and also check out our podcasts that you can subscribe to on the, actually, we have a network uh, subscription that you can go out and get all the podcasts in one feed. So definitely do that. So rather than get one, get them all. So that is all I'm going to say. It's available on iTunes and Spotify and other podcasts, podcast services around the galaxy. And with that, I'm going to introduce Charlie Carden. A man who needs no introduction, yet here I am. <laughs> What's going on? Happy Sunday. This is my last day of vacation. <sighs> Can't wait to open up that email tomorrow and see all the shit I've been ignoring for a week. This thing, that thing, this thing, that thing. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's going to be great. Charlie, you made the biggest mistake. You never come back on a Monday. Never what? come back on a Monday. Always come back on a Tuesday. Wasn't it? Whatever day you come back, it's always a Monday. That's the way I feel like that's just delaying the inevitable. Yeah. You see? No, because Mondays suck anyway, so it gives you that (laughs) chance to get back in the groove, which I always appreciate. Or I like to take off a Thursday rather than a Friday alone, so you can kind of... Katie, this is just this is this is just the hell of Todd and his little isms that he he looks (laughs) like. Why don't you see it my way? When we're all like, "What the hell is he talking about?" Unless you try something different, you'll never know. Try. But we are joined by (laughs) two weeks in a row. Yes. Thank you for joining us. I'm glad to be here. This is my second podcast with Charlie today. Oh my god! And you know, see. We're just gobbling up your time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you said in between doing this is when you went out to go see Thor Love and Thunder, correct? I did, yes. So you just oh, had wow. an afternoon that's just all about all this stuff. So it's awesome. So Yeah, welcome. it's been pretty much just geekdom from like yes. noon until now. So Welcome to the circus. Well, speaking of the circus and speaking of picking the – Right day of the week to come back from vacation and doing it the Todd Oxford way. We've got a comic from 1985, uh, Batman, regular Batman, uh, issue 384, for 75 cents. You see them taking on, and I can't imagine this is a first appearance this late in the 80s, uh, Calendar Man. So maybe this is just a reappearance, but you see him in his outfit with some numbers on it. One on the, he's got the number one on the one side, the number 31 on the other side, and he's just throwing them around. And I, I'm, I'm still wondering what the, what the thread is with Calendar Man. Is it, is it just paper cuts? Because the, the, those one-a-day calendars, it's a little, thin little paper. Can you really give yourself paper cut from that? I don't know. I just – I don't see the menace. <laughs> I think – well, I, I take that. I don't know anything about Calendar Man. I remember there was a Batman, and it was the new Batman adventures where they did, like, a calendar woman where she did – um, she did uh, – what was it? Uh, like, heists and villainous stuff based off of different, like, holidays of the calendar. Yep. Oh, like, um, I'm going to steal flags on Flag Day or whatever, some yeah, shit like that. Or it was, yeah. yeah, it was, like, kind of that weird stuff. But um, Or, like, all of her stuff were, you know, like, Valentine's Day themed. Like, she, like, I think robbed, like, a romantic dinner or something. Or some, something <laughs> other than that. Robbed yeah. romantic dinner. Give me all your money. And that diamond ring you were going to get ask you, yeah, this young yeah, lady to marry you. Oh, okay. I know, I don't know go. if she was a gender-bent version of Calendar Man or if she was, I don't remember what that was. 
Uh, I don't even know or, if she was supposed to be any relation to Calendar she, she Man. Cat, she catfished people on Valentine's Day. She never yeah, showed up. Right. I don't know. Right. But yeah, I am be. more interested in the perspective of this because this Calendar Man looks like he's about 10, 15 feet tall. That could be the I'm real menace because maybe he's just going to stomp on Robin. Right. You know, but then again, again, from perspective, Robin looks even shorter, but Batman is jumping. So you don't really know how tall anybody is. This could be, yeah, the, this could be that forced yeah. perspective piece as we, as Katie, as you know, as we say in photography, that could just be that forced I don't know anywhere where this perspective would work. I think that yeah. Calendar Man's about 15 feet tall. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's, he's, you know uh, what? It was a leap year, so he's much bigger. Oh, it's wow. an extra day. Yeah. He should get shorter at that point. There's one less Imagination. day. Imagination. Imagination. Right. You know, Do not, Calendar yeah. Man. Do not go uh, Google 1985 to see if it was a, a leap year. We don't need to get that deep. So, dear listeners, just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Calendar Man was a he actually came out in 1958. So that was his oh, first see, yeah, that's what I thought back in the day. Been around for days. I'm assuming this costume was just one of the you know they were experimenting. Like, hey, we got to bring this dude back. Uh, Grant Morrison, the Batman books, uh, he really loved digging into all these weirdo you know, history of Batman and bringing him to modern age. So, you know, I'm sure, and, and we have seen uh, modern takes on calendar man. Uh, I didn't know about the gender switch uh, version, right. but there was a serial killer in the Arkham Asylum games who oh, killed people on holidays as well. Looked a little different, uh, but yeah, calendar man, you know, check right. it out. You better believe it. Well, uh, speaking of checking out, the real juice getting the squeeze is we got to go track down Madam Web. So we're headed down to Hollywood and Vine. Our senior news correspondent is going to give us all the, the news that's fit to print with Madam Web's rumors and news. So let's go. Now it's time for Madam Web's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Web. We just saw Thor God. Thor God Love of Thunder. I'm, I'm making this title up. God, Godly Thunder. The Thunder Down Under. Which is is the <laughs> I don't know. Make it up as it goes on. Thor Love and Thunder. Um, and Madam Web, I don't think anybody knew this, but you are the goddess of gout. So um, no one wants you. So that's why you are a fallen god. Because, you know, who's, who's wanting gout? She's, it's not going to be too easy for her to get away from gore uh, with that with that gout. Ouch, oh. ouch. Every, every footstep is an ouch. Every footstep is an ouch. Well, Todd, I, I, I kicked a bit of a hornet's nest when I shared this news a day or so ago uh, <laughs> that uh, the Captain America number four, so making the, the character, even though it's not the, the same character playing the character, uh, who gets a fourth film of the MCU uh, th- series, Captain America, which is now Sam Wilson, formerly the Falcon. This happened in the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier show about a year ago, a little over a year ago, uh, now has a director to drive this boat, and that would be Julius Ona, who directed the, directed the Cloverfield Paradox. I feel like that was one of the straight-to-Netflix ones. I've seen the Cloverfield films. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because there was the there was the big one, and that was 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was. There was the one with John Goodman that was in a bunker, and I think Elizabeth Winstead was was mm-hmm. was the the protagonist in that one. And then yeah, they had this one where it was a space station. Chris O'Dowd was in it. And then at the end of the only connection was big spoiler, they leave. Somebody does it in an escape ship, and they're flying down to Earth, and the Cloverfield monster pops out of the clouds and grabs it. And it's like, that made it a Cloverfield movie. It's like... <laughs> the circle is full. <laughs> I was going to say, I've, I've, heard, I've seen thin connections in movies before, but that, that one really takes the cake. Would you say it was a reach? 
Oh, out of the clouds, like the monster did. Yeah, good one. Keep, 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 keep your head, keep your head out of the clouds. I, it's 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 got. It is it, that's that that is a gotcha. So anyway, I don't know anything about this guy's work. Um, again, I couldn't tell you a lot about the film. I'm not remembering a lot, but um, anyway, I enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Todd famously didn't, which is okay. People can have their own opinions. Um, when I put it out there, I found out a lot of other people like it too. So, uh, Todd, you find yourself in the minority, which is good because I know you like to be there. Um, but does any of this information kind of pique your interest about the movie? You're still like, meh, it's whatever. I think Marvel has a big pacing prob- problem. A lot of their series meander and they don't actually have a great ending they typically oh you have to end this in like 15 minutes okay we're gonna wrap everything up so it always feels like a little bit like rushed versus a good epilogue it's like um, a, like, like an episode of voyager I, that, that was something yeah. and K- katie maybe you can speak to this i always felt like voyager had the five to seven minute wrap it up in an episode mm-hmm. they're like we got all this stuff oh, going on yeah. the best ideas like, always come back in the last five minutes you always figure it out you know procrastination always pays off the last minute Tuvok says, but if I cross-pollinate the phasers with the photon torpedoes, then we can open the rift and blow, and then everything's fine. But they yeah. didn't figure that out 20 minutes ago when they were still in the same situation. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think, and I think we saw this Obi-Wan Kenobi. I thought Obi-Wan Kenobi would have been a tighter film. Same mm-hmm. thing with Falcon, the World of Shoulder. I think that would have been a tighter film as well. So now the, a lot of the heavy lifting is done of saying now he's Captain America. Great. I don't know a lot of great Falcon as Captain America stories because it only happened eight years ago. It's not a long history of that. And quite honestly, Falcon isn't Captain America anymore because Steve Rogers came back in the comics. So it becomes a scenario that's like, okay, so now Marvel, similar to like Game of Thrones, when you have to riff on original content to a large extent, it's not always great because you don't have the heart heritage and the things. Sometimes you can pull it off and make a great original story. Sometimes you can't. So that's where I'm curious where they're going to go, because we found with phase four of Marvel, we don't know where we're going. It seems like a lot of things are happening. There's no like things tying these all together. And now it's getting to the point where to to be uh, up to speed on something, you have to watch so much content that it's really hard to make a standalone movie that's like everybody can enjoy. And that's where I'm worried about this. I don't know where they're going to go. Is it just going to be, you know, Cap and Bucky again, just hanging out and doing funny things? I mean, that's going back to the well again and again and again. So they're going to have to come up with some new ideas and essentially a new antagonist for for uh, for Sam that really drives the 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 the, the story forward. So I'm yeah, curious. To go, I mean, obviously, he's got a lot to bear with being Captain America in the culture of not my Captain America is going to be right. strong. So maybe that's where they mm-hmm. go. But that should not be the whole intent of a movie. That's part of a movie. Well, it's I mean, not entertaining. It, it's not fun. It's, it's and that's, it, it yeah. can tell an important story. But right. it's it's you got to bring in audiences in, and Marvel's not known for doing heady storylines for like three hours. They always try to mix it up. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they, this will be the movie that's heavier. Maybe it is. I mean, I think you're right in so much as the thing that you said. Oh, they shouldn't necessarily make it all about not my Captain America. I think it'll it'll be a piece of it because uh, that was kind of a theme that danced. Uh, in between Bucky and and Sam in the show was you should kept the shield. You shouldn't have given up the shield because they he did give up the shield and then John Walker got it and he was a nutcase and he killed people. And so will this further that theme or what else? Because I think of, you know, Falcon as Captain America and I wasn't paying so strictly attention to that run. I don't know if he had a particular nemesis or if he just took over 
other Captain America nemesis nemesis nemesi nemesi I think it's nemesi. I, I like it. I, it's I not think like that, moose. It's not like moose. There's a nemesis. It's not <laughs> mooses. Or you don't de- have a deer. meese. Oh, you don't have a meese, right? Deerses. Deer. Multiple deer. I was um, not a journalism major. Yes. Well, that's why I'm telling you <laughs> that it's nemesis. There we go. So anyway, yeah, I don't know. You know, you're right. This could be breaking new ground in so much. They've got to come up with something totally out of uh, totally out of the clouds. That's going to be different. So. Who's to say? But again, announcing a director means maybe they have a script. Maybe it rolls camera sometime this year. So this is a 2025 is going to be my guess. 18 months. Maybe Christmas of next year. No, too soon. Too hashtag too, soon. two years away. I think two yeah. years away would be where yeah. it would land. But I mean, Katie, if I mean, I like I said, I'm kind of short on the Sam Wilson Samuel <laughs> Cap stories. Uh, have you delved into it at all? I have not delved into them. I mean, I think that they did set up some really good content going forward in Falcon and the Winter Soldier because you had a lot of talking about like the super soldier serum right. experiments and how they were done on um, the gentleman who was, was it Isaiah? Yeah, Isaiah yes. Bradley. Yeah. And he um, was, yeah, Mantis, who was the actor, Carl Lumbly, who was yes. in, uh, was in so the I, Adventures of Uckerbunzai. There you go. There's yeah. A, there's and so I man- think that there's Charlie, a lot of... Uh, sorry, he, Charlie pulled a mantis out of his hat. Katie, <laughs> mantis was a shitty TV series in the 90s. So congratulations, Charlie. You derailed the podcast with a deep cut. So, okay, Katie, Katie, I apologize please. for that. Please I'm, I'm so sorry. Okay. Please come back. No, you're okay. So, yeah, I think that um, there is a lot to be said about the original content that they have the opportunity to go with, especially as far as the culture is right now um you know like as far as like our current culture i know that there was a lot of hit and miss with sam's stories in the comic and some of that had to do with the writing it just wasn't really strong writing and there were some strong stereotypes and they were kind of you know having problems with how he was coming across um i mean i'm saying that out of like news articles that are read and like just stuff that i had heard i have not read them myself so i cannot speak to that personally i might just be be totally out of left field they might have been great um but I think, yeah, if they're taking stuff, if they're hitting those notes about, you know, like police brutality and the injustices that the black community faces and Sam trying to be like wrestle with being an authority figure while ACAB is such a strong presence in his community, I think would be a really interesting juxtaposition where, you know, he kind of becomes the villain of his own community and he has to try to wrestle with that. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, that's kind of similarly playing on, well, with the boys, A-Train. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, a, it's, exactly. it's a very similar storyline. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a panel, and I saw this from, uh, it was Captain America with, 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 with Sam, I think it was 2014, and there yeah. was people doing those type of protests right. and right. the MAGA and all those people doing that. So I, I get it, that should be a part of it. I just don't know if that plays out in a Disney-fied Marvel having a series based on that, considering right. they've got to go wide versus right. narrow, which it's just, it's a slippery slope. Oh and yeah. No, I'm definitely not saying yeah. that that's what I'm expecting, but that's what I'm hoping. Right. True dad. Well, moving on, speaking of big hopes. And of course, Katie and myself and our partner, Peter, we're crunching on this today. Uh, is that we're waiting for some Star Trek news. We just wrapped up Star Trek, uh, strange new worlds, which we're going to touch upon, which we talked about in that show, which you'll hear Monday of the Friday of the week. This comes out. Katie, we'll talk about it in, uh, the geek easy without a doubt. Uh, Todd, are you caught up? Did you watch the finale? Absolutely. 
Yay. So we'll have that to talk about. It'll be fun. But anyway, um, yeah, so Paramount Plus is uh, back to Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con, which is week after next, if I'm not mistaken. 22nd? Like 23rd? Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah. It's the That's, 23rd. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah makes so sense. it's two weeks from yesterday, I think. Um, so that'll be great. So, yes, they are promising uh, reveals and surprises. So, Katie, that what that means to me is that you're going to be, unfortunately, sidelined while Peter and I talk about Enterprise for another couple of weeks without <laughs> you, which I know doesn't really That's bother okay. you. That's Especially okay. since when we finish that, we'll get into TOS, which I know that you would like even less. So, um, but yeah, no, it, it sounds like uh, individual panels already scheduled are going to be Picard, which has wrapped its third and final season. Patrick Stewart and Gates McFadden are going to be there. Lower Decks is going to have a lot of the folks that I got to meet when I was in uh, when I was in Chicago back in April. So Jack Quaid, Tony Newsom, Noelle Wells, and now Don Lewis, who's the captain. She's new. And uh, EP Mike. McMahon. Strange New Worlds will give us, oh, got a big slice here. We got, I got Anson Ethan, Christina Chong, uh, Cecilia Rose Gooding, who is a delightful woman who I got to meet her there. And then Paul Wesley, the new James T. Kirk and executive producer, Henry Alonzo Myers. So that's a big, big wham kapow that uh, any of us are just going to be able to, obviously I would assume watch on YouTube because um, that's how the panels mm-hmm. were handled back in uh, back for the ones at Michigan, Chicago. So, um, so yeah, so I'm getting, and then they do have, I saw this little burb. They have a 10 forward venue that they're going to have. I'm trying to figure out if this is on site or it's nearby. And then they have an ice cream truck, which is already out because I've been seeing posts. This is the best thing in the world. Yes. Wrath of yes. pecan. Right, the so Todd Todd hopped right to the end. Summer it writes for itself. Yes, I know it. It's fantastic. So this is great news. Again, we we've been hard charging with Star Trek. We've had you know shows in a row. We had Discovery that led into Picard, which the less said about the better. Uh, and then we got uh, Strange New Worlds, and we had Prodigy mixed in there as well. So now we're getting you know a, a brief a brief breath of air. But I can't imagine that we're going to be without Star Trek content for more than 45 days. I feel like it'll be on by then. So, um, Katie, your thoughts as my as my co-conspirator in the Star Trek world. I am just really excited about anything Lower Decks at this point because um, I would love to have a final date. Um, I mean, we already know that they're going to be doing Strange New World Season 2. So, But I also know I'm not going to get that until at least next year. But so my my hope is getting a date for when I get to see more Lower Decks. Lower Decks. Yes. Lower Decks. Lower Decks. Lower decks. <laughs> yeah, because we've got that and then we've got a half a season, uh, the remaining half of the season of Star Trek Prodigy. We've had 10 episodes. We're going to have another. Todd, where are you sitting right now with the animated Star Trek stuff? I know Lower Decks didn't really snare you. You watched a few. You know, maybe I'll watch more of Lower Decks. Maybe it'll turn on me. I, I do that with animated shows. I just watch <laughs> it'll, them. It'll, it'll turn on you or it'll turn you on. I mean, I like stupid, I like I like stupid animated stuff. I watch I watch American Dad a lot. Yeah. I'm not sure why. It's like my show I watch when I go to sleep. Uh, right. I rewatch that. Sh- it's a show I can actually rewatch for some reason because I always catch things. So maybe I'll rewatch it. Maybe I won't. What I'm curious though is when are we getting Captain George O back in her show? That's a great question. There has been because you know, obviously, in my in my position as running our, the the code forty seven, I do keep a pretty regular eye on this stuff. There hasn't been so much as a, a mouse fart, pardon the expression, about that show in a very long time. Shelved, unshelved. There hasn't really been the word about any new program. They kind of teased us about a potential 
Like, God, no, that might have been Star Wars. Where they're going to do a young Starfleet Academy thing because they're gonna, they're doing a young Star Wars thing with Jude Law with stock photo of Jude Law. Remember how we talked about right. that? When it is, right? <laughs> we have nothing to show except for Jude Law's face. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's what's weird is that right now we just we have ongoing shows. Uh, and again, you know, talk about you know beggars can't be choosers. You know, we went twelve years with no Star Trek on TV, and now we have five or six programs and productions across two different networks. So it's like zip it. Right. Um, but again, I just want Lord Dex back too, because again, it was Peter and well, it was, it was Katie in particular. And then Peter's enthusiasm helps too. That turned me back onto lower decks after having been turned off of it by some other folks who I used to record with. So I'm, I'm totally team lower. I did, I did my part, Charlie. Cause I was like, it's, I don't like it. So maybe I didn't sway <laughs> you enough. I did my part. I don't like it. That was really all he said. So what you're so. saying is that now Charlie and I need to gang up on you so that I can turn you over to the good side of the lower dicks. Todd Stranger things have happened. Stranger Todd, things. Todd just doesn't do peer pressure. He's too, he's, he, he's too, this is my hill to die on, but it's every hill. I found, my, I found, you know, it's funny. I found my ways to shows late in the game, like The Office, Parks and Rec, where yeah. I was like, eh, it didn't hit. And then I gave it another chance and it, it clicked. So, I mean, I'll All never right. say never. Like well, Sean O'Connery. Oh, I, I thought that was Justin Bieber. Um, but now we do have a uh, clerk's watch, and then we have a lower deck's watch, and then maybe we'll do a touch upon both. So anyway, assignments. So anyway, what's next? I've been doing all the oh, talk. Oh, this is, this is really interesting. And uh, apparently Taika Titi, man, this guy, I He's love him guy. to pieces. But he is getting like some like pushback now like people are like i've had enough of him which is always funny because i think anyone gets popular enough that there's always a backlash it's always like oh i don't like them anymore like chris pratt or you know will ferrell or anybody you know that becomes like the thing people stop like kevin hart everyone gets to that point where they're successful but we get annoyed by them and we want them to go away first time well apparently he is saying he does not like director cuts and apparently he was not a big fan of the release, the Snyder cut uh, <laughs> discussion. And he's just basically said they're not good. Um, he's like, I've been thinking about director's cut. I watch director cuts. A lot of the other directors, they suck. Director cuts are not good. Directors need to be controlled sometimes. And if I was to say, ah, oh, you want to watch my director's cut? It's four and a half hours long. It's not good at four and a half hours. There's a lot of cup of tea breaks in there. You don't even have to pause it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to be 10 minutes. Oh, nothing happened. Okay. Oh man. Yeah. That's uh speaking of hills to die on because there are some people who are like, Oh my God, the Snyder cut was the greatest. I, and even I will say that the Snyder cut made that film watchable or made that story digestible because April and I did this when it first came out, we went back and forth and then Todd, we did, I think I watched it twice because we were going back and we were doing you know, a spoiler cut on the Snyder cut or whatever it was and watch the, the theatrical version versus the Snyder cut version. And the theatrical version was even worse by comparison, if that was possible. Um, Cause we, what's funny is we savage it now, but at the time, cause we recorded with our late great buddy, Bobby Pauls, who was our DC comics guy uh, talking about that. We, Oh, it's a seven out of 10. Like we were like echo chamber. When we look at it now, we're like, Oh my God, I'm a piece of shit. But um, was I, I that know. kind I would have been like, what was I thinking? We were Uh, all dancing around like, yeah, we were. Yeah, it was kind of a pity vote. But I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Where do you guys sit with the whole director's cut bit? I mean, is it just it's an affectation? Is it like 
Is it like, you know, a participation trophy if you make a shitty movie? Well, you can have another one. You know, I mean, what do you say? I've never really been a... I can't really say I've ever never been a fan of or been a fan of director's cuts because I usually they don't really impact the movie that much. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I did not have the willpower to sit down for four and a half hours and <laughs> watch a movie that I originally hated. Um, <laughs> yes. So Katie, the sweater scene the where cut. the women <laughs> smell Aquaman's sweater. Oh, right. so sing about you, it. Yes. Gonna, that's I'm, wasn't that I'm, worth it, Charlie? Oh, gonna, and then, it was right in the beginning too. It I'm gonna start. go. I'm just gonna go. Uh, I just, no, no. I just, I gotta go. I'm sorry. I, I, have to, I now have to go watch the director's cut apparently to watch women smell Aquaman sweater. He's got to run off and do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Why don't you get back with us about that, nigga? We'll talk about sweater smelling <laughs> and clerks. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I gotta say, like, I can definitely understand where he's coming from, and I honestly, I, I appreciate the bluntness of it because a lot of times when people are in Hollywood or where you know they're doing all these you know interviews and stuff they're trying to be really like careful not to step on anybody's toes and he's just like no they suck I don't want to do it um whether or not I agree that Love and Thunder was a totally well-formed thought-out story and couldn't have had more content to it to better explain things we will talk about later (laughs) but I appreciate where he was coming from of just being like you know what? I think directors do need to be controlled. I've seen a lot of stuff where they were not, and it was bad. Right. That I mean, hard to that that's hard to fight with. Yeah. There there are very few directors' cuts where I would say they're 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 worthwhile. I think the only one that really stands out in my mind that is interesting is one of the first directors' cut that got released. And that was Blade Runner, where you essentially had a completely almost a completely different take on a movie. Um, between Ridley Scott, what got released in theaters, and then what actually happened. There was actually like a narrative that was removed. Like Harrison Ford's like uh, uh, voiceover and stuff like that was completely removed and released. I was like, I don't want that. So it was like, it depends on what you're going for, but there are very few that are worthwhile versus right. it's a marketing promotional tool to say, buy our director's cut, it's a new release. Um, and I agree, Katie. Um if it takes four and a half hours to tell a coherent tale, you are doing something wrong. Um, like, you should uh, be able to get a, a coherent thing done. Even even like Endgame was long, but it had a lot to do. So I get yeah, that. Yeah, like, and, it yeah, also was, it still wonder, wasn't four and a half hours, and it had exactly. a lot It was like three do. plus hours long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, a lot to and do. I, yeah. And I think, and, and again, I, I stand by Endgame wholeheartedly as being one of my favorite. It's my favorite MCU film. It's one of my favorite films overall and in genre, without a doubt. But yeah, long is long, but it doesn't feel long. But yeah, with Snyder Cut, you're like, oh my God, I, I, we're watching this tomorrow because it's two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, you just, you always say, like, you should always put your best foot forward. And I know some directors get screwed. I totally get that, but it should not be the exception that every, or the, the, the rule that every geek is demanding a director's cut, because Mm -hmm. that requires to say that what was cut is actually good. And it's just silly. We, we sometimes shouldn't demand what we think is uh, quality versus this is what got put out because it's actually going to play well in the theater. So I don't know. I, I if someone wants to shape this director's cut was phenomenal. Tell us on Twitter and maybe we'll check it out. Right. 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 Yes. Pl- yes. Please do. Um, so, all right, moving on. And then we'll finish with my less than favorable input about clerks three, but uh, Todd, 
Uh, our next MCU, uh, one of our upcoming MCU pro- pro- uh, programs will be Echo, which was a character that was introduced in um, blah, blah, blah. Hawkeye, thank you. Yes. Um, yes, there you go. A character I wasn't at all familiar with. That's uh, Alakwa Cox. And she, she's, it would say she's, she's deaf. She's a ninja. I'm trying to figure out if she, she didn't have any powers per se. She was just no training. She was just a good fighter. I mean, she yeah, trained, she, I think, boxing and stuff yeah. like that. So she, she didn't have no training. She had a lot of training, but she didn't have superpowers. I, is what no, and she wasn't a ninja. She was just a pretty much oh. a street fighter, uh, train right. boxer type of thing. Yeah. Everybody was not kung fu fighting. So anyway, uh, we got uh, Vincent D'Onofrio back as Kingpin in that, which was a big thrill. I feel like there was some talk about the fact that, no, this is not the Netflix Kingpin. This is the character again, because this guy seemed to be powered. He seemed to take a pounding and got run into by a car. He had a bunch of explosions in his face. And so different character. Have we have we confirmed that this is actually... I mean, it's a, it's a reprisal of the role because it's the same actor, same named character. But is it really the same, same? And the other piece of it is we're getting Charlie Cox back as Daredevil, who we do know exists in this universe because of Spider-Man Far From Home. So <laughs> what, what's your guys' take on that? Are these new versions of these characters or have we wiggled our way back into Netflix? I, I just I don't know where Netflix officially ended up kind of in its disposition of being canon. I think they're accepting it with a grain of salt there. Cause I think the only thing that they have said, like a hard no on is agents of shield where they're like, that's not canon anymore, but that's Todd's favorite. Oh, I think they're doing that with Inhumans too, considering oh, it comes oh, yeah. from Martin's Marvel too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if it was enough of a statement to put, you know, black bolt in, uh, and even obviously you had to kill him off, even though it was, yeah, it was an alt mm-hmm. version of it. what it is. Maybe that was just a, that was a read between the lines statement. <laughs> And um, side note, um, Echo does have photographic reflexes. I'm very oh, similar to Taskmaster. So. There you go. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she Task- actually was part of Daredevil versus, uh, or sorry, part of Daredevil versus Hawkeye originally. And she mm-hmm. was set up right. to kill Daredevil and she ended up taking over the Ronin persona. So she oh, actually, Ronin didn't go. kill anybody. She actually took it over from Hawkeye. So it was like, it was a weird mix of like, they kind of mixed up everything. So she really didn't have any connection with Hawkeye at all in the comics, gotcha. but it, I'm glad they brought it in. And yeah, I mean, if this right. is coming in through Echo is going to bring these characters back. And I think the point is these will be the characters, you know, but they will be powered up, I think, to take mm-hmm. on Marvel level threats mm-hmm. versus, you know, Matt Murdock, as good as he was in, in the MC, the, the Netflix show. He was getting beat up by thugs. Yeah, he was Marvel. He, he, he was doing punch ups and getting stabbed and then, you know, barely surviving. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I think yeah, they he, have to raise the power level. Yeah, he yeah. definitely, um, that series, I mean, it was, the first season was one of my favorites because it felt very much Batman um, right. in, a, in a time where I was very much, well, and still very much lacking in Batman. <laughs> right, right. So gotcha. um, I think especially when you look at like how Kingpin was treated in Hawkeye, it feels very much more indicative of like the animated um, old cartoons and even, you know, some of the comics where he's going head to head with Spider-Man mm-hmm. who, who is a guy who's strong enough that could like literally rip him in half if he was just right. a normal person. Right. So I think that they're just doing it where he is just extra rough and to- tough. I'm not sure if they'll actually explain why that is, but I kind of like the idea of, you know, he's just really strong and, just really rough and you're not really sure why it's just like that kind of sheer determination type of deal 
in the old days of the Stanley exposition bubbles where everybody talked instead of thinking, he said, well, mm-hmm. people, people think that I'm pecked, I'm that my body is blubbery fat, but I'm built like a sumo wrestler and burr, 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 and he would right. stuff and do whatever. And, you know, less the Stanley thought bubble. Yeah, that's really what it is, is that he looks like he's a, you know, he's morbidly obese, but he's really, it's all muscle or so he says he doesn't go on to say he's big boned or uh he has that 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 beefcake beefcake he has that virus he has that virus that uh, dennis leary does a routine about oh this virus is killing me get a box get me a box of donuts yeah but either way i mean both of them were phenomenal actors in daredevil i'm really excited to see them come back and have more main stage presence most stuff. So we get this in 2023, which means it's it, they're rolling on it right now. And I would imagine it would be six or eight episodes because that is the that is the slice. So Todd, tell me why I should be interested in Clerks three. <laughs> yeah, this. you know, and, and I'm going to precurse this with I would say I do not expect this movie to be great, but maybe this movie is serviceable, and that is Clerks three. And it's interesting because this trailer, it feels like it's kind of duplicating Kevin Smith's life. Right. I mean, the this heart, essentially, the heart in particular, because that's, absolutely. That's and this is about Dante making a movie. So this is essentially right. Kevin Smith's life coming to fruition. Like, I've only got so much time left. I need to do something with myself. So maybe this is like a purpose driven clerks in the vehicle is him. Jay and Silent Bob are back and and yeah i mean essentially they've squeezed every bit of credibility kevin smith has at least out of his career and it's you know wrong it out like a towel fart jokes all those things and and i'll be the first one to say most of them are bad um i've gotten some yucks out of some of them but what i did see out of this one it looks like maybe this will be an honest more honest film than the last two and all the others have been and maybe there's something there but I'm not promising anything. I'm just saying based on the trailer, it didn't seem horrible. It just seemed like it's going to revisit a lot of the same sense of humor. It's bringing a lot, a lot of more celebrity cameos. So um, if I'm wrong and it's the same old crap, then it is what it is. But if it's more than that, then, you know, maybe Kevin Smith is actually maturing and not just I can put out whatever because I'm Kevin Smith. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I'm just scrolling through all these um these little, yeah, there's the what God they bring back the poor Justin Long from that horrible Tusk movie and oh ugh, hopefully it's not the same guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah, Kevin Smith burnt burned me up like a cigarette a while ago, uh, and he was the big deal at uh, Fan Expo in Chicago, which is where April and I were yesterday. But it was it was the other guys, and I didn't see them actually. At the, I think I saw. Jeff Anderson at his table, but the other guy was not there at the time. Kevin Smith had a walled off area with a huge line and nobody could see him. And he was like the biggest star of the entire show, which I mean, come on, Jonathan Frakes was there, please. There was no line for Gates McFadden who's right next to him. I mean, how foolish John Delancey right there. And then Kevin Smith, come on. No, I'm just, anyway, I, what's weird about this is that this movie itself is not getting a wide release. It's getting like a fathom events, like two days in September. It's mm-hmm. like, see it on the 13th or the 15th and then it's gone. It might, or for all we know, it could be just be on Amazon prime the way that Jay and silent Bob reboot was, although that was during COVID, but still, yeah, this is, it's a limited release deal, but it obviously, you know, knocks on a very specific door. So I know I'll see it. And I, but I just get the feeling that my, my sheer, Eye rolls per minute might actually make me pass out. 
Of Katie, do not watch this first. Do not watch this movie first. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> you will be like, what pile of crap did I just watch? It, without any context to it, it's like, I don't know who they're going for. But this is yeah. truly a movie made for the fans. And Charlie, I get it. They probably know how much money this movie would make. It's probably made for like $2. <laughs> so I'm guessing going to streaming is probably where it, where it belongs. Right. Get yeah. somebody to do it. Well, cool. Well, all right. Well, that takes us out of the news. Todd, now it's time. Uh, we got to start that fire to get those smoke signals going. We got to we got to hail that cab to get down onto Scuzzville, down to Skugtown. That's right. We're going to the Geek Easy. It's time to talk about stuff we're enjoying. So let's go. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. Yes, folks, if you're watching the YouTube, uh, we've all been served. Uh, so uh, we will not be drinking and driving because we're all like, probably going to crash after this one. So be right. responsible. Don't drink and not drive. Get an Uber. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but we are going to go and talk about what we are nerding out about this week. So, Katie, I think you and I and Charlie have all watched at least the first thing on your list. Yes, 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 yes. Miss Marvel. So now we're now we're on episode five. I was wrong last week thinking we were on episode five, and now we're not. Um, and I am getting sorely disappointed because this is becoming a I'm noticing this is becoming a trend with kind of what you were talking about before, Todd, of Disney Plus not being able to stick the landing on their shows. Marvel Miss Marvel for me started out in like the first three, four episodes, or I would say the first three episodes, I was like, this is my new favorite Disney Plus show. This is my favorite Marvel content. I'm in love with this show. I'm in love with the character, in love with her representation. She's just awesome. Chef's kiss. And now I've watched those last two episodes, and I'm like, what is going on? This last episode felt like an absolute clusterfuck. Like, just... <laughs> ah! Sorry. It was! <laughs> like, she's... Like, the, the gal who's... The celestial gal who's been just, like, avidly, I'm going to destroy the world so that I can get home... You know, Kamala literally just says, "Go well, think of your son. And she's like, oh, right. The kid that I left for dead back at the jail. And then you hear her go. I'm going home. Cameron was in or Cameron was in the, you know, Miss Marvel original series, you know, comic series. He was an inhuman supremacist, essentially, you know, a more oh. aggressive kind of ideology of Magneto. Um, and tried to get Kamala to join him. And so, and he was inhuman. So it, he's got a history of being kind of that anti-villain, you know, lover turned to enemy deal. But I'm like, why are you, why are you setting all of this stuff up? Why, why are you trying to shove so much into it? Cause I get that they didn't want to do the inhuman line to, because to try to explain it and have Miss Marvel in, I'm like, you could have just left her the origins of her story and left that be like, just, just not messed with that this time around or dropped hints and then do a season two or something like that. But there's just so much going on. They could have just had the first run with the inventor, kept him as the main bad guy, done that. It would have been really relevant with like Gen Z and what's going on right now is internet and you know, that kind of stuff. But they went really big and tried to shove like four years worth of Miss Marvel stories into this end it was not working. There, off my soapbox. Oh, let me take. Wow, a that's good. You know what that is? <laughs> I I love to see somebody besides Oxford take a hard line on this show because when Todd hates something, 
he hates something. So well, and the thing is, I loved it so much. That's what's really heartbreaking for me is because I was relating to Kamala. Like I was in tears almost watching the opening scene of that first episode. Cause it was like, this is literally the best representation of how I feel with ADHD that I have ever seen on screen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then no, it felt me like too. I destroyed it because they just were so rushed to try to get all of this kind of like, it felt like that, like the standard fare of superdom that they feel like you have to have, you have to have the punches, you have to have the bad guy, you have to have, you know, the twist at the end. And I'm like, no, just let her be a teenager who's dealing with teenage stuff. Which would you think make it that much more relatable? You know what yeah, I mean? You would, exactly. you would think that they yeah. wouldn't have to, they wouldn't have to go so, you know, so far afield to make it, you know, magical and all this different stuff. So yeah, yeah. I, I can't disagree with that. Of the Marvel shows. Yeah. This one hasn't just because I, Todd, I know you've enjoyed it a lot. I've certainly watched it. I mean, we still, because April, April and I are very habitual viewers with, you know, genre stuff. We watch it first thing in the morning and we definitely do do that. But, you know, it came out, it was coming out at the same time as Obi-Wan. So I was like, oh, really focus on Obi-Wan. And it just, and again, I'm just not the target demo, so it hasn't grabbed me in the same fashion. But I'm sorry to hear you're frustrated about it because, yeah, you're right. I know that your your hopes were sky high and from the jump you were mm-hmm. really digging on it. So that's it's unfortunate. We have the final episode coming up by the time this episode comes out because it'll come out next Wednesday and this episode will be out mm-hmm. next Friday. I, so- I, I sir- I certainly hope Miss uh, like Captain Marvel just doesn't come on and say, join me on an adventure, because that would just oh. be like the typical, like, this show is, is, it would is be, completely... It would be the end of Morbius. It would be the vulture yeah. showing up for no good reason. Oh, exactly. I fully like, expect oh. Brie Larson in some way, shape, or form to show up at the end of yeah. the yeah. last episode. Yeah. yeah. At least but, in but a right, or something. It's a it's yeah. it's in a way a horrendous cliche that that I don't want to see. Like, well, let's let's put a squad together and I need your help. Yeah, exactly. only you can help us. Yeah, it's it's right. the show is a mess, but I like so much of what they've done with at least the exploring of certain things. But mm-hmm. it, it it feels so disconnected. It's like it doesn't know what it wants to be, and it's right. like essentially the whole partitions like, really, which like is important. Lot, like lot, yeah, like a lot of teenagers. Don't know. What just they want becomes to be. like, is this a Marvel show or is this like a show about a girl exploring her past with her family, which would make a great show? But then when you it's, lay around like the superhero things where it's going and we don't know where it's going, and it, it's, it's kind it's, of a hot mess. But I Katie do Wilders, love yeah. a lot of it about it. It's just the execution is very tethered, and I hate that because mm-hmm. I think yeah. she's a great character. There's some great actors in this. There's a lot of fun, and we've learned a lot about Partition. Believe me, I I think warning people, this is their exposure to a huge like it was, historical it thing. Absolutely, was yeah. for me. I didn't know my my exposure to the British in India was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which is exactly which is pathetic. Yeah. But it was yeah. just it was just not on my. I'm I'm not the biggest yeah. history buff, so it was not on my radar. Um, so yeah, that opening bit in this episode going through partition was fascinating to me. It's the most interesting part of the episode for me, uh, yeah. without a doubt, because I, I was, you know, I feel like it was South Park, like I'm Stan. I feel like I learned something today because I totally did. It was, it was, yeah. yeah. So, and that part was I'm, absolutely beautiful. I did really enjoy watching that. Yeah. So I think this is the icky problem that Marvel has right now. They're balancing their TV with their movies, and and I think it was funny because Charlie watched Pitch Meeting. It's like not long enough to be or too long to be a movie, but too long to be a really good TV series because too, too, too short to too short to too long to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like yeah. they've they've really got to figure out their content because now they're going to bring in Miss Marvel to the Captain Marvel Miss Marvels, and it's like 
how many people watch that move will watch the series and not have a background with her. So they'll be like, Oh, she's not that great of a character. I don't know anything about her versus well, you could because there's a show, but the show's mm-hmm. not that great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Well, well, well. All right. What's next? Katie Kate. Um, well, if you want to hear about my thoughts on the uh, strange new world season finale, you can always listen to code 47 where I joined Charlie and Peter. Um, so Hopefully I won't talk about that too much besides the fact that I loved it. And this is, I think I might like this better than Discovery. Me too. I've yeah, always. You don't love. Discovery wasn't your favorite Star Trek I've, show. I've been willy nilly on it. it, it Discovery was a so, tough one because it was it was like dating again after being single for 12 years. <laughs> but right, I absolutely yeah. love, love Discovery. Sans season one. I understand. I understand. Agreed. Really, I really Agreed. liked season one too. You <laughs> see? Discovery brought me back to Trek to saying Trek could be actually a competent, well-told oh, yes. science fiction right. series. Absolutely. This is just being like this heritage crap. And it's like, but it's got to be a formula and you have to have to do this. And it's like, oh, it's so good. In Stranger Worlds, I mean, you guys are going to talk about it on the show. Um, but I will tell you, the reinvention of a lot of things that mm-hmm. really have been cool. Like the Gorn. And I know it's oh, people are like, I'm wild. it. But, so but it's like, wild. they're like Predator and Aliens combined. In big their, time. Yes, they are. That's what I love. Terrifying. It was all in that episode. Was that was episode nine that we went through that, and it was the uh, already forgetting the name of the episode, but it was um, it was it was just so brutal uh, with the shadows and the allegories to the aliens film. It was just yeah, we absolutely absolutely loved it. But again, hopefully by the time you've heard this, because you're subscribed to our network feed, you've already gotten Code Forty Seven episode seventy six, which comes out on. Monday. Yes. And so I I will say one or two things about it that I did not say in code 47 is that I really loved the underlying themes of sacrifice and strength that really Mm -hmm. played well throughout the entirety of the season. You saw different versions of sacrifice. I feel like in every episode, there was some sort of sacrifice that was being made. There was some sort of, you know, version of strength where there were the Gorn or that kind of survival of the fittest, almost, you know, um, like individualism to an extreme. You had the brutality and duty of, you know, the Romulans. Spoilers. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, wink, wink. Um, you know, and the strength and sacrifice of them. But then you also had Pike's representation of humanity and the sacrifice that's being made there, but also in the strength of being able to say, to choose something other than violence and to offer right. and extend a hand and the strength that comes in that. So right. again, I just thought it was an incredibly well-written season that really played well with the themes even though it was kind of a monster of the week quote unquote right you know, pitched right. as that for their episode or for the season which, which you know you know tos did sometimes successfully sometimes really not so much um but the, the thing that i loved about this episode in particular and katie i think you hit it on the head is that pike did pursue a diplomatic solution he was more picard than kirk in this episode but it was the wrong thing to do because Kirk right. was still right. I mean, and he's even, he's and even Kirk in this altverse version, Paul Wesley is Kirk, who I think did a competent job. Naturally, all the wags are cutting him up, but you know, nobody likes anything new. Um, <laughs> he's there chirping in Pike's ear after they're on the ship together. And he's saying, well, they're going to think we're weak. They're going to go back home and say the Federation won't even put up a fight. And that's exactly what precipitated this war, which we figured yeah. by the time Pike's talking to his older self is at least 20 years of bloodshed. And, and Spock becomes, you know, Spock becomes Pike in the chair with the beep. 
leaps because well, he's all mangled. It's very indicative of kind of some of our culture right now and our political climate of how do you compromise? How do you reach across the aisle to someone who right. refuses to compromise and who sees that as weakness and who right. would rather kill themselves or harm themselves than to give you an inch? I, right. I, I want to layer on that because it's unique to see two captains. We right. rarely ever get yeah. captains have to actually be together and like they can challenge each other because like well, the, yeah, the captain if, if, gets to make all the shots and yeah. it's like Pike actually has to respect another captain's opinion because you right. became a captain and you uh, you basically established yourself right. and and, and, I, and I yeah it, it, what's I, rare in this is that we get if I might we get two captains who one of them isn't the bad guy like in Voyager mm-hmm. we had the Equinox we had Captain Ransom he was a bad guy we had uh, Captain Maxwell in the first episode with the Cardassian then TNG he was a bad guy you know mm-hmm. so you often get another captain who's kind of a little shifty where this time the other the other other guy was James Kirk who's a character we know incredibly well and he's very successful and, and even his brother was talking him up at the same time saying he was a dick well he's kind of a dick but he really is the best but right. he's a dick yeah <laughs> yeah and I, I do want to I think appreciate the fact that I know the monster of the week is like an old term, but monster of the week episode, the reason why they're so popular is because a lot of those standalone is being fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that was my one thing with going into it is that I loved the, the themes, the underlying themes of discovery so much that my one fear of it becoming a monster of the week was that they would only make standalone episodes and there would be no underlying themes. Mm-hmm. So I really, really love that they're making these really beautiful, strong standalone episodes that also can tie together in themes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Excellent. All right. Well, we got to keep things moving because we're having a heck of a good time chatting. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, other thing I've been reading, I have completely absorbed the entire um, two runs of the Mighty Thor. And now Ooh. I have moved on to Jane Foster Valkyrie. And oh, that's a, that's, a, that. that's a newer one. Yeah. Is that a spoiler? Yeah, that's 2019. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, from three years ago. Get it together, sucker. Yes. So that one is running 20 or not 2019 to present. I think there's about 10 issues. I'm only on uh, issue three, um, so I can't say a lot about it for sure. But I do. Um, I am enjoying it so far. That's I'll good. say that. So and and with all nice. modern Marvel series, it, it I'm sure has been canceled by now. So you'll be oh probably caught up. It's canceled. Uh, it's, no, it's it's canceled to bring out a new number one. That's really oh, the only right. purpose. I, I will but, say I thought of both of you while I was reading the um, secondary because they did the uh, or kind of origin of uh, the Mighty Thor, and then they did a, a new run of the Mighty Thor. So it started over with a number one, and then randomly it started with seven hundred. Yes, legacy numbering. <laughs> yes, back to legacy. So it was like on like issue like twenty something, and then all of a sudden it was like issue seven hundred, issue seven hundred and one. Is that Jane Foster's first appearance was seven hundred issues ago? I have oh. no idea. So it was you know, I, makes no sense. I had a graph at one point when I was really committed to doing the Avengers things that you guys basically talked me off of. Of the like, eight <laughs> different, vo- that's what we yeah, did. Eight different volumes of the Avengers where it stopped. It's the new Avengers. It's the secret Avengers. It's the Avengers Initiative, and now it's just yes. Avengers again. And it's blah, 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 blah. so I just. I'm not really reading comics right now. Anyway, someday I'm sure I'll come back to it. I also would love to read all of the Fantastic Four, but again, I'm just so out of the habit. I used Whoa. to like. Turn the TV off every night at nine o'clock, and I would go read to bed. The best, and read. Leave the last. And right, you know the the Mighty Thor, the second run of it. Um, I don't remember when that one started. It might have been twenty sixteen. I'm probably wrong. Um, but there was a lot like that was building up a lot of the War of the Realms, which I know is a fairly big. Ah, kind of the War of the Realms. 
Realms. That yes, was and so that- I was reading it. I'm like, I really want to know what's happening with the War of the Realms, but I knew I'd have to go like no encyclopedic type yeah like big time. trying to figure out like which one went where and which nope one. i'm like no i don't don't do I it just, katie just I read just the core book to. and then maybe read the, the actual to. core core story that's it yeah. right and that's like because i really loved the you know what was going on with jane foster's story with the war of the realms and how she was really involved with how it started but i was just like i don't i want to know how it ends but i don't want to put in that much effort to find out. <laughs> right. My, my level of commitment stops here. All right. Let me switch gears. Uh, I watched a movie that it was one of those, been seeing trailers, saw trailers for it all throughout like late last summer, early fall. And I'm like, oh my God, we got to go see this. And we missed our window. And it came to HBO Max like two or three weeks ago. Todd, I know you rented it two or three months ago mm-hmm. when that was out. And that is the last night in Soho, and this is—is is this Edgar Wright was the director? It is Edgar Wright. It's his yes. last. His last movie was, I believe, Baby Driver. Before this, oh god, so yeah, so kind of a long gap because now we saw Baby Driver as well in the theater back back when we had Movie Pass. I remember the twenty nineteen probably the yeah. Odyssey <laughs> of Movie Pass. Oh my god, I loved this film. Um, first of all, it rekindled my love for. I used to have a. I had a box set back probably fifteen years ago that was the the British Invasion. British pop that was not the Beatles or the Stones, like everything else. So the Walker Brothers and Peter and Gordon, which was when my mom loved. And like all this great music that was featured in this film, instantly went to Amazon and found it and added it to my number one play. My number one playlist on my Amazon is called Super Jams, by the way. I'm happy to share it with you. Super Jams. You're very welcome to listen to my Super Jams. It's very British. Super Jams. Yeah, I know. Super Jams. But yes, I absolutely loved it. But Great, uh, great movie. It's about uh, you know, kind of a kind of a mousy young woman. She lost her mother to suicide when she was young. She was raised by her grandmother, who uh, in you know rural England outside of London, her her grams loved the music of the time, so she was raised on it. She loved it, kind of like myself. Like I, I love the Beatles. I love the Stones. That's kind of you know how I got started listening to music. I think you'd say raised by your grandmother outside was, of London. I was not a child of child. Not neither of those things, was, and I lived in a room under the stairs, just like Harry Potter. But anyway, yes. this young lady, Eloise L, goes off to uh, fashion school in London, uh, and she ends up renting an apartment eventually, where she starts getting these psychic flashes of a young woman from back in those days, from the mid '60s, who is played by the superb Anna Taylor Joy, who is a personal favorite of Todd and myself. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah getting flashes of her and she you know was involved in the nightlife and it appears that that Anna Taylor-Joy while Elle is flashing back and forth she was sucked into a life of 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 servitude of prostitution by a character played by giving a lot of weight Charlie yes there's a lot of but that's where I'll stop giving things away because I do want uh, to people to watch this movie, Katie. I preface this: it may not be one for you because it is a little spooky, a little horror filmed, and I it gets think a little I'll pass. It's it's yeah. it's more thr- it's more thriller it than is. it truly is like supernatural. But, gonna get you, but it does get a little gruesome at the end. But if you should you ever decide to take the leap, it's it's a superb film. 
I really yes. enjoyed it. Uh, the the music, Charlie, yeah. I had no clue a lot of those songs. I'm like, I've heard those songs before. I'm like, yeah, oh, well, I've heard sing that song. It was Wilson Pickett's uh, Land of a Thousand Dances that was done by the Walker Brothers. And I was like, I had, did they write yeah, this? Yeah, a really no cool idea. soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's, a, it was, it's a movie that is just as much about the music as it is right. its presence. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. So on the flip-flop, speaking of things that are disgusting that I know Katie won't want to watch, and Katie, catch me if I'm wrong, was season three finale of the boys and this season has been absolutely brutal from my understanding absolutely brutal filled with every fluid imaginal imagining and exploding heads and exploding bodies and people getting ripped in half um but yeah we're, Aaron we're getting- watches it so i hear kind of the highlights okay <laughs> so I heard a lot of in the background me. oh my god oh ah, jesus was, christ yeah, that exactly. was some of it yes i do think yes. i did hear an oh my god as one yeah. oh. he came out and told me, <laughs> well, told the, me kind they, of the plot line of some of the, it yeah if it was the hero gasm episode which I, I ended up watching on a small screen when i was in a hotel so i haven't really <laughs> seen it the i didn't TV. watch that one at the gym so everyone could see it oh on your phone so you're like oh Oh, did you, were you pinching and zooming in? Oh, hopefully you weren't pinching. D- don't watch that on a plane either, folks. Yeah, Appropriate exactly. viewing of, pro- of content. <laughs> Make sure you are at your home, not surrounded by strangers. But anyway, yeah, so this was the big showdown between uh, Soldier Boy, who was the Captain America knockoff, but just like every superhero in the show. Well, he was more like Bucky, right? He was more like well, Bucky the Winter Soldier. That's Well, he was, he was Captain America in the past, became more like Bucky because he was captured by the Russians and experimented on and they made him super powered and Mm -hmm. angry and horrible. But he just is played by Jensen Ackles of supernatural fame. Um, And he just, he was always a truly horrible human being as they show through flashbacks, uh, but then is simply more horrible in the present. But you find out some things about him that I won't reveal for anybody who hasn't watched it. Um, But this is the big showdown episode because you've got, uh, Butcher, who's still taking the temporary Compound B, which gives him powers. However, uh, Starlight, who's another character, did find out that it'll kill you if you keep taking it, if you're a normal person. So she prevents uh, Jack Quaid's character, Boimler, uh, from taking it again. Um, and well, so he-, he doesn't. Butcher does. <laughs> yes, that's correct. But she discovers it exactly. So anyway, correct, yeah. End, end of it is a big showdown, and it's awesome. You see, you know, Maeve, who is the Wonder Woman knockoff, Queen Maeve, slugs mm-hmm. it out with with Homelander, who is the Superman knockoff and the major villain, not only the series but certainly of the season. Um, and yeah, it's just it's it's great. It's great. I recommend Oof. it. Uh, but it is, yeah, it is, it is brutal. It is not at all for the under seventeen crowd. If we, I'm sure we don't have levels. No. But regardless. Yeah, be cautious, but good. And obviously set up, you know, it's it's set up to continue because we do find out that the politician who we've been following all along has a power play at the end. So you'll see. Yes, you, yes. You and, uh, and, you know, I, I don't know, I, I, Charlie, I think I'm going to have to go and delve into the comics because I'm like, I don't know where this is actually still happening in the comics versus what was real and what's made for the show. So I think I need to dive in because I kind of feel like, Hmm. I think we're going in new uncharted territory, okay. which is cool. Um, but man, oh man, just that last scene and where we're at and evil children with powers scare the crap out of me. Right. I, yeah. That's saw, where we're going. I saw someone else hit that on Twitter. They said, hmm, Brightburn part two. And it was a picture of that oh, kid. God, <laughs> oh my God. That movie was all, I mean, that movie really made my skin crawl. Really. It's, it really was the poop out of me. Yeah. Really yeah. upset. It did not care for that yeah. film in any way, shape, or form. 
Uh, definitely um, shivered my timbers. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, okay, Todd, you've got the last bit before we move on. Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't even know what to say. I finally finished Stranger Things season four. The last episode was essentially a movie. It was two and a half hours long. And I I don't even know what else to say, but I loved this so much. And I just, I don't know what the Duffer brothers are doing. The Doofer, Duffer, whatever you want to call it. Do, do, you're, but, you're thinking of Doof is the... Uh, the uh, the special version of Duff beer, Doof with the umlaut. Sure, sure. Well, I live on. I live on. I live on Dufferin Drive now, so don't right. look it up, folks. Um, okay. And uh, okay. but the, I mean, just so many iconic scenes, so much good stuff, and I'm just. And they said there's going to be a season five, and that's where it's ending. And it's kind of cool to see creators get to do like I'm telling a five part story, and this is where it's going to end, and they do it successfully, and where you see these characters going and growing is phenomenal. There was loss, but the, 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 the interaction of music and the, the coolest part of this whole season four was Kate Bush is now getting so much love. And, you know, she's an artist that I remember her, her first song that I was really familiar with was, was uh, a woman's work. And it was in the movie with Kevin, uh, Kevin Bacon in uh, we're having a baby. Just a really oh, yeah, with Elizabeth McGovern. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I remember that yes. And that's that and that song and Kate Bush playing like was so haunting, just so wonderful. And this this and Kate Bush is a pioneer. She owns the whole her whole catalog. And she pioneered that back in the 80s and very wow, rarely awesome. toured. And she apparently, because of the way Stranger Things is going, because of her music and everything, because of running up that hill. And how it was mm-hmm. embraced? She's made three million dollars. God bless proceeds. It. Oh my I god, I love it. So, and, and she's earned it. And she's earned yeah. it. I'm sure oh, by by not really being in the zeitgeist at all for the last no thirty five yeah. years. Yeah, good for her. That's awesome. Abs- absolutely. So I just really love what this series has done. Once again, if if you've got like this, if you've got this feeling like oh, it's just you know all about the eighties stuff, it just happens to be taking place in the eighties. It totally embraces the ugly of the eighties, the, mm-hmm. the the weird of the eighties, but it's it's just about the characters and it's really a cool story. And I just love how they've tied everything up. And it's like oh, that's how it's happening. And it's like there are big impacts. So check out Stranger Things four. It's on Netflix. Subscribe for a month for free and then unsubscribe if you want. Netflix, you already have it. <laughs> let's not, let's, you know, let's call you know, coming call it, with coming call soon with ads. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Well, you know, that that is the way. Okay, well, that wraps us up for the news. So now it's time for the main event. Gotta get my phone, the Air Qantas app to go to the land down under. Didn't sing it this time. Uh, that's right. We've got to get in front of those mutants in the Thunderdome to talk about the Thunderdome of love and thunder. Let's go. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week we're talking about Thor, love, and thunder, as we've uh, esteemed it. Um, and uh, at this point, we are, I don't know how long and how many movies Thor has been in, but Thor has had a transformation. We've seen this from the dour god who is very much proper uh, with with two so-so movies, a fun movie, developed further in Infinity mm-hmm. War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. 
partnering with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then trying to find his own way in the world of modern love. So we're at this movie with by Taika Waititi, uh, written by Taika and Jennifer Caitlin Robinson, budget of $250 million. Apparently it's made about $143 million this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first time we've seen Thor in his own movie since, really, Endgame. So right. it's been a few years. He's the. This is the return of a heritage character of the core Avengers team moving forward because Black Widow was a, was a prequel. Or is He's it the last one, prequel? right? Except for Mark yeah. Ruffalo. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean to have their own film. So this was the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was the first post Endgame film we've had with a. I'm going to go so far as to say a heritage major character. You yeah. know, and it's the first. Uh, character to get a fourth film, though Captain America is going to be on the heels, and I think that's about it. I don't know that anybody else is. No. They have, yeah, they have any mm-hmm. other sequels lined up for the big major Guardians of the Galaxy will probably get three max. I think that's their last film. So yeah, nobody's getting the four Pete. Uh, Ant-Man's getting number two. Black Panther's getting number two. Ant-Man's three. three. Oh, three. Jeez. And then uh, obviously uh, uh, Captain America, uh, Captain Marvel's getting number two. So yeah, we're just getting in this weird mix of the the old phases, the new phases. Or just like I said, train it, tread in water until we get to the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. That's that's Mm going to be the magic. But again, yeah, so, that's that's five years longer. I don't know, something like that. <clears throat> yeah. So so this movie was a continuation of Taika's vision of where he was taking Thor, making it more uh, comedic. Uh, where basically Thor is looking for his way. We start off with the Guardians of the Galaxy being involved, and essentially uh, he decides he needs his own path. So that leads us to the introduction of I think the stars of this movie, which are the goats. <laughs> tooth, tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder in the comics. I, they I, love are. I love it. The dudes handed him off, and he's like, and then you have these goats who you very much said that you'd take. So we you these goats. It was yes. very much obviously like, yes, these are the gifts we give to heroes. Please take them. Yes, take it's like <laughs> Like, please marry my daughter. Shove, shove, yeah. shove. Which, yeah. which is one of my favorite, like, internet things in the world is the Taylor Swift song and then the, the goat screaming, singing, goat. screaming yes. goats. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in. I love this. There's a, a game called Goat Simulator. Same thing. Goats being crazy and crazy. So I love the fact that goats are a big part of this film. Yeah. Really Anyone know. who's in Spent time on a farm knows that goats don't need to be simulated. I say, well, and no. goats are crazy, so yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they'll they'll eat your lunch and whatever's in your lunch, your so bag, like, your like, feet, your socks. Like Homer Simpson, here, eat this tin can. Why aren't you eating this tin can? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it was so. Yeah, oh. absolutely. So this this movie is basis what we talked about last episode, which is Gore the God Butcher. Mm-hmm. Um, a very short introduction of that character. They really snapped it down to the the bare bones with, with yes. Gore and Thor. And, and you know, basically, they're seeing the Guardians are seeing all these distress signals, and that leads us into our plot, which is essentially Sif is injured, damaged, asking for help. The Guardians go off and help other people that are being impacted by the, the Gore the God Butcher. And then we have Thor taking uh, basically back to Asgard to investigate what's happening with Sif. So we go from there. So this movie, we don't want to go on all the plot points. We don't need to. Um, but, um, you know, I, I guess at this point, Katie, what were your overall thoughts of this film? I was really excited going into the film. And then I left feeling like, once again, Marvel doesn't know how to write female characters. 
Hmm. Yeah. I yeah. Think, both of them. Both both the female leads. Yeah. I mean, because Jane Foster, the entire re- – because I was very critical before reading The Mighty Thor. As I'm like, oh, so Jane got to be Mighty Thor because she beat cancer. That seems kind of stupid. Um, and then reading it, it turned into this um, – her whole thing was – she knew the hammer was killing her. She knew that every time she turned to the mighty Thor, it was killing her. And she did it anyway. It was again about sacrifice. Right. Iconic hero. Was, right. Yeah. She was part of the council of worlds. So she was a Senator and she was, but still refusing treatment from Asgard. Cause she's like, I shouldn't be taking advantage of, you know, all of these magical healing things that normal people don't have access to. That's unfair of me. Again, continually showing her worth. And then they have it so that she purposely seeks out Mjolnir because it supposedly has healing properties. So for a very selfish reason. And then the only reason from what we can see, or like the main reason they give for Mjolnir coming to her is because Thor asked it to look out for her. And so it wasn't even that she got it of her own accord. It was because Thor asked basically for it to babysit her and make sure she was okay. So Mm -hmm. it just felt like it very much robbed her of agency and, like they mi- very much mixed up a lot of the storylines from her arc and gave them to Thor, which I didn't necessarily, I wouldn't have necessarily minded, but like the whole thing about Thor talking about love and like that entire scene was basically the ending scene of her and Mangog, the final climax, who is also a God killer mm-hmm. <laughs> from her story, but they just wrapped it up into gore and Thor instead. And so I was like, I feel right. like then go with Mangog and give the mighty Thor her own movie or just not have her in this movie because it was too much and too short of a time. And it really felt like she was robbed. There were a lot of things that I really, really loved about this movie. And I'm going to go back and watch it again because I was so heartbroken over her treatment Mm. that I just, it just left a really sour taste in my mouth overall, but there were definitely parts that I loved. I certainly didn't have that context of any of that. So that's after you say that, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of bullshit. You know, mm-hmm. it, it does seem like for the bits that she played, it would have been much more telling of, again, the hero's tale and her own sense of agency, as you said, to have something a little bit more fleshed out um, than have her just say, well, you know, I'm doing this thing because I need to do this thing. It's not like she was she wasn't running around getting in and saving stuff. She showed up like Valkyrie knew about her, but Thor didn't because he had been away and he yeah. came back and then she shows yeah. up and she's flipping the hammer around and is shooting bullets at people. And uh, but, yeah, you, you just get everything. I mean, this movie was and again, Todd, one of your most famous Marvel statements is well they got the jokes per minute meter running so I'm sure you're kind of caught somewhere between your love for Taika and what he does and the Marvel joke meter because three quarters of this movie was was jokey ha-has you know what I mean yeah it was this movie this movie was a difficult challenge of tone Yes, and it was a mess. Though. It was yeah. a mess. It truly was. And it's funny when you, Katie, you said they don't write women well. Taika, who writes women very well, and right. like, uh, and then also his courier was another woman. It's like, and I think the problem was um, with you being very familiar with Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor. Many people aren't, so they just don't understand right. the art. And this leads me back to say, this the, Jane's Jane's journey should have probably been a Marvel TV show. Totally. Yeah, I think and it then she's introduced. Yeah. Right. right. And yeah. I think that would have been much better. And I think even not knowing her backstory, I still would have been kind of pissed over the whole, hey, Mjolnir, take care of her. 
because yeah. that just felt very robbed of, like I said, that just, that just felt very cheap to me. And right. I mean, the entire eerie, the entire series in the comics was that no one could lift Milner. Mm-hmm. So that like, she became like the, the Thor, the thief because she stole me. Even though no one could pick it up. I'm like, how can you right. steal something from me? Well, I mean, that was something. the original, that was the, that, right. yeah. that was the original. Well, it goes yeah. back. The original incantation on Molnir was only yeah. worthy people can lift it. So right. Right. Odin did that. And then Thor became yes. unworthy because of the right. storyline before this. And he lost right. couldn't lift very, it. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, yeah. was very, so, very cool. And, you know, and I, I enjoyed that she was worthy at that point. I really, I do love how they kind of altered it where she could split Mjolnir apart because it had been that was broken. Cool. And that then was, yeah. because it did very much play into the fact that she could like spin Mjolnir around and have it like ricochet right. off of stuff, kind of like Captain America's shield. And that was right. really, really cool. Agreed. Yeah. So let's, let's pivot then. Cause obviously Jane was a big part of this movie, but there was other pieces of this movie. Valkyrie is now King. Kind of bored. You kind of saw reinvigorated with actually a purpose that didn't involve like paperwork or (laughs) dealing with like complaints like my water doesn't work or I have to do this kind of stuff. And uh, you kind of felt like there were some heartfelt moments with Korg, which was fun. Uh, But we didn't really get much with Valkyrie. This She was kind right. of a supporting character at best. Right. And mm-hmm. we didn't see much evolution of her character. We went to, we went basically saw a lot of gods, which I thought was right. very fun. And cool. Russell yeah. Crowe, Russell Crowe was hilarious. I mean, a guy right. you don't oh, like think yeah. of him as like comedy. He plays right. a Greek. He is the Greek like stereotype as there right. ever was a Greek. Right. He didn't bring exactly. heroes to the table. He didn't make you like uh sing Fiddler in the Rough. Yeah, no, and he did he did everything at all to prove that he was a, you know, he's a bloated, stupid, figurehead jackass. That was mm-hmm. his entire arc. He was like, Yeah, we totally could go fight Gore with you, but we're scared. We don't want to. We got no reason to do We're too busy planning planning orgies. Yeah. Yeah. He's not he's not gonna he's find this here in a Marvel movie. <laughs> oh god. And then you saw his butt. The butt was not blurred out, or, or maybe it may I don't know. You saw the full Chris Hemsworth backside and they did a second and a tattoo on, on his tattoo which was once we saw that in a trailer and in the trailer <laughs> the, his ass was blurred out but we did get to read the tattoo which i thought that was he's got a tramp stamp really great yes yeah, yeah. and also stuff. the r.i.p loki was oh, oh just amazing classic. that was so great yeah, uh, yeah. and 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 Korg as the overall Luis of this film, Luis, going yeah. telling stories, uh, mm-hmm. was great. And how he's screwing up Jane's night. Jodie Jane. Foster. Yeah, he called her Jodie yeah. Foster, Jane Fonda. You know, it was just, it was, yeah, Taika, Taika himself, you know, talk about, you know, uh, it was written and directed by and starring. Um, did a great mm-hmm. job. It was cool about the, the is what is his race? The, the Craglins? Not the Craglin, because Craglin was the Guardians guy. What was the name of his? Race with something, yeah. They're Corgians, just, I don't know. Yeah, they're just they're they're just a they're just a face. Uh, the guard and the guardians, and I, I called this the guardians of the galaxy were a super itty bitty part of this. Yet they're I feel all like they could have just over. not even been in there, yeah. and it yep. wouldn't have mattered. But Thor could have just been waving goodbye to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it was it was such a hook in all of the promotional material because yeah. you see, you know, you see Crisp Rat Star Lord talking to him, saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, dude, blah blah." You see the thing where he drifts in and out, and Thor's being all goofy, and the whole thing at the beginning is goofy, where he's he's fighting the bird, the the crazy bird people that was, with the crystal palace. All oh, those things were weird, yeah. and it was <laughs> they were they were weird. Oh my Very god. Weird. It, 
whacked out there. So, yeah, I was watching it, and it was funny because I had to go. Uh, April's good, and every time we get to the theater, she's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom before the movie starts. I never do. So I had to go, and then I had to go a second time. And so I was gone twice and feel like I mixed, I missed next to nothing because, like you said, things were messy. There was nothing complicated I was even going to miss in a three-minute window. So it wasn't it, – it wasn't – so dense and it was it was short people were already already talking about how this was going to be such a short film i think it was just knocking two hours if i'm not mistaken it was but, two you know, hours exactly yeah and but of course 11 minutes of that is credits uh mm-hmm. so really it's you know 145 and change so what you're saying is you want a director's cut yeah. oh god <laughs> yes I want a five and a half hour version with all of that Jane Foster story that that Katie's dying for. Let's have that. So give eleven me, more minutes. Me. We'll do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fifteen more minutes of Jane Foster time. We've <laughs> on the gap. But you know, so be. so we had like Gore's arc. We had um, some some time spent, uh, kind of like the the Deus Ex Machina. You know, have to open Eternity Gate so Gore can get his wish fulfilled uh, to essentially snap and kill all the gods. Um, I did like some of the celestial things. I did like some of like the cameos of the mm-hmm. different gods we saw, which was very funny yes, um, very. and interesting. Um, you know, the, the surprising part, I thought Zeus was truly killed. And obviously we find out that was not right. true. But, mm-hmm. Right. But, um, and they, had to, they had to save him for a stinger. So they give him your boy from Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. My son did count. He's like, I thought there'd be more battle scenes. And I'm like, I didn't even think about that. I mean, was there enough action in this movie? I feel like for two hours, yeah. Yeah, probably so. Um, I was not really wowed by uh, Christian Bale's performance. I just, again, you know, there was all the controversy about, well, he wouldn't do the makeup and this thing and that thing. But I don't know. Something about him just didn't really click with me. Uh, Again, it's, you know, Gore, the God Butcher, not being a super duper heritage character. It's just from 10 years ago. We all just read Mm -hmm. that comic last week. So it's not like I can say, oh, you know, Willem Dafoe really nailed, you know, the Green Goblin because he's so crazy. Where with this, I just, I guess I didn't really know what to expect, but I guess what I got didn't really. Well, again, you know. though, his it seemed messy because he was kind of going back and forth between like stoic kind of resigned to fate of like, you know, kind of that quiet psychopathy and then like mm-hmm. manic Joker. And right. it just seemed yeah, like the boogeyman. Yeah, it seemed like they they didn't know where to make him land because it seemed, in the comic it seemed like he was very much like stoic, forward moving, and while he had moments of kind of joy in his torture, there wasn't a lot of like that kind of manical like craziness to him, and it right, seemed like right. that was they couldn't really decide which part to go with. Right. Yeah. True. I mean, and, and like I said, the tone was a problem mm-hmm. in this movie yeah. because it was like jokes per minute, goofy. Everything is a is a is a pun or, right. or just it's just not taken seriously. And then you've got this really serious villain who's killing a lot of people, got children in a, a cage of like right. a thorns and things like that. And, and, and Thor's being goofy when he talks to the children. Yet when Gore shows up, he's like, I'm going to show you a puppet show where I just kill this thing and I'm creepy and I'm goofy like the, the, the boogeyman. I'm like. Right. What do, what do you got going on yeah. there? And plus, let's take some more time out to talk about Guns N' Roses. Because yeah. November, <laughs> rain, November yeah. rain finally shined. I mean, I caught that song. And I'm like, November that rain. Mo- that must have this. absolutely happened when I was in the bathroom because I do not remember it. Uh, that was the big, like, battle scene at the thing. But it was in. Uh, 
much, Charlie. I'm not singing, but I'm playing an air guitar. It was an instrumental track. I got it. Yeah, okay. But you're right, because it was hauntingly familiar, but I didn't make the connection. So shame on me. Yeah, yeah. So that was, I mean, it was a, it was a mix. It was a very metal movie. You could tell by yeah. the, like, it was like Flash Gordon, Charlie, mm-hmm. right. in a lot of ways because of the way yeah. the credits and everything looked. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a, I, we're seeing a trend with the Marvel movies where they are kind of not sure where to go with tone, where their end game is. I mean, I did appreciate where this ended because it's not any Thor story we've ever had before where he's Mm -hmm. leading and basically becoming a father figure to, uh, you know, Gore's daughter with love and thunder at the end, which is fun. And it's in a place I never thought I'd see Thor go. Right. Um, But then we have our two stingers, which leads us to kind of like the end of the movie, which is potentially a God war because with Thor killing Zeus, he says that we could be on a run forever. And we get the first stinger, which is, well, I uh, actually, I I can't remember which was which, but first is right. is Hercules. Yes. So yeah. So so Hercules is introduced. It's Roy F and Kent from from uh 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 ted lasso ted lasso the show that you love and you think anybody who doesn't love it is a moron charlie it got an oscars it's renowned you just don't like sports and you don't like that stuff i get it but roy kent is amazing he is like ron swanson but a level ahead of it he is phenomenal great casting for his face you see how hard he's trying? He, he really <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, he you're really the only person it. I know that doesn't like Ted Lasso. Really, you're like really. the only person. It's phenomenal, Katie. It's such I a good no show. I have no desire to see it. I know. You, Tata, you don't even I, have I to can, like sports. It has I nothing to do with sports. It's so good. Now, it's good writing, good characterization. I can yeah. never see it now. I can never see it. Because Charlie, you're so contrarian. I can't give him the satisfaction. Oh, my God. I'm so contrarian. No, now I'm afraid to see it because if I don't like it, he's going to, like, find me in my no. house. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I would appreciate I, if you want to watch three episodes. Great. Tell me how you think. If you hate it, like, great. Yeah. That's okay. God, I, I have actually watched at least four episodes. It's okay, Charlie. <laughs> you, you like watching. You like Jag. So you're you're whatever so moving on from that our second (laughs) our second stinger is essentially kind of a it felt like what are you doing and why why like a fart it felt like a fart and see and this is the problem is because that was kind of lifted from the comic from her second Mm -hmm. run of how that comic ends Mm -hmm. but it didn't give the finality or the conclusion because of how it was set up. So I'm like, did mm-hmm. did she go into Valhalla? Because in the comics, she was at the gates and Odin actually right. convinced her not to go in. So what is what is going on? Or are they setting her up to be Valkyrie is, now? Right. Oh. Well Because I will I will say, you know, spoilers for Valkyrie if you haven't read it in the last three years. That's why I um, said spoilers, Katie, when you said it. is that like she is now um kind of a i get like ferryman maybe might be the best comparison where she is the 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 god of the living and the dead she's their protector so she can you know see there's this little orb she's got like valkyrie vision where she can see when someone is going to die and it's her job to kind of protect them from that or you know once they do die it is her job to get them to where they need to go so you know, maybe that is where they're setting that up to go, but it's a very weird way to take her. 
And it was one of the, one of those where like I got emotional when I saw it, it just because I was like, that sucks that that's going to be my only mighty Thor that I get. Like it wasn't emotional where I was like, oh, geez, like that's really cool. I just was like, so that's that's what I get. That's that's a bummer for me. <laughs> that's that's what makes it the fart. Yeah. It it best, that mm-hmm. Yeah. At best, Katie, you'll probably get a what if where uh, mighty Thor yeah. is brought back. That's yeah. probably right. all you'll get. Which is yeah. super, super sad scenario so yeah, okay. and then she'll probably come in with some in some weird like you know kind of that those that weird end game moment where they got all of the ladies together and were like no see we totally love all the ladies of marvel uh, yeah, <laughs> high five uh, ladies yeah. like we'll get yeah, one exactly. of those moments where she shows Selfie. up for, you know yeah 10 yeah. minutes and it's like i'm valkyrie now and then runs away <laughs> oh my god oh no okay yeah. so with that are we ready to wrap this up are we doing ratings Absolutely. We've got, we've got 10 broken Mjolnir shards. So out of one <laughs> to 10 broken Mjolnir shards, Katie, what is your rating of this film? Uh, I think I'm going to give it like, I think a five. That's like an F. F plus, F minus. Well, I think it's average. If I'm thinking zero being the worst, oh, okay. absolutely. And then 10 being the absolute not best. Not a school rating. So yeah, it's a, yeah, not a school rating. But I, because I might like it more when I watch it again but at this point i'm like (laughs) it is it is sitting pretty low on the scale for me so i'm giving it a little bit of a buffer in positivity hoping that when i watch it again i actually like it more i hear you um todd will go last because he's the thorophile Um, (laughs) but um yeah i can't you know a five or a five, five, or maybe a six, you know? And again, Todd, you'll remember that when we started the summer, I'm like, this is going to be the movie this summer. It's going to be awesome. It's going to have the big box office and it's going to be amazing. And it has a super average box office so far. It's going to totally screw me over in the the movie wager. So that makes me like it even less. (laughs) It just, like I said, I had two bathroom breaks in the middle of it and didn't feel like, Oh, I can't, I'm so sucked in by this. I can't even get out. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to hold it until I explode. I just, I, I didn't care as much as I expected that I might, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. So yeah, that that's where it lands at like a five or a five, five. I mean, you really hit the nail on the head, kid. That's, that's Charlie, like, that's like below Thor Dark Dark World. No, Thor Dark World was like a three, two. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to give some context to this. I think as a standalone movie, I really enjoyed this. But that's the problem with the Marvel films. It's hard to enjoy movies as standalone. They've all right. got to connect. They've got to be the things. Right. And they're connected to the story and comics. And what'd you think? And I'm like, I had a I had a hell of a time seeing this movie. I'm just trying not to bring baggage into this movie of the comics and things like what did I enjoy? Jane Foster getting kind of redeemed. Uh, you know, I that's where I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get away from the comics and stuff and just enjoy it as the movie it was because right. it, when you make a movie absorbing this stuff, and I had a hell of a good time in this movie. Goats made me laugh. So I'm thinking about this. I thought this was like an eight for me. I just really enjoyed this movie. I didn't apply the co- I didn't apply the comics baggage to this movie. So I'm just taking it as a standalone. And like, just- I didn't I didn't I didn't apply. I, I it's so it's because Thor. The first two Thor movies were shit compared to this. So this these are above and beyond. So I'm kind of oh, I think the first Thor that- movie was better. Really, I thought the Thor first Jane Thor had a much more rude. active role in it. But I'm I'm just saying Thor was bland though, and it was just a 
it was not a good movie. It was just very bland by the moments. It was an MCU movie. I, it was just yeah. like, we're doing following the story beats. I thought the first two Thor movies were bland and dumb. At least this one was creative fun. And I actually enjoyed it versus. I, I'm with Thor you, movie. Katie, as far as the trilogy of the human characters in the first Thor film, Jane and, and Kat Dennings, uh, mm-hmm. Character whose name I'm forgetting, which I shouldn't. And then uh, the pacing of that movie was so boring and slow. That movie is so slow, and uh, Thor was so boring. Sorry, but anyway, all right. So um, as far as Marvel goes, we now have um, Black Panther two: Wakanda Forever coming up in November. Yes, I am so worried about that movie. I, I am, am so terrified. I am terrified, yes, but I'm uh, in denial, and so I'm hoping that it's going to be great. I worry two. that they're going to pander, and it's going to be this big like, uh, oh, we're we're making a. a, a it's going to be more about the memory of. And that's the thing I think I think it's going to script the whole movie. It's going to make it like it's not going to stand alone great because it's going to be trying to bring tribute to him as an actor. I don't think that's that's really a bad thing, though. He had a huge impact on the community. And I think that if if that's something because you cannot you cannot negate the impact no. that he had on the oh, black community especially massive yeah, yeah it, and, so, but it can derail a good movie because it can be like not telling a good story and if you can focus on that it's like if it, they it could land if, horribly if, if it does come back and i i, I can yeah. see where you're going if it does come back and it's simply you know repeating beats or it's going over the top with you know it's too sentimental if it's too sentimental that it because it's like then it's like it's your feelings are going towards a sentiment versus quality of a product which is you know basically a war with the undersea with it with the tuma and with uh uh, lemuria and all that stuff and and namor coming out yeah yeah so i don't know but we will find out in november i'm expecting Mm -hmm. we'll see a trailer for that at san diego without fail um so they'll just be absolutely so all right well with that that is the wrap so katie Always a pleasure. You have been you have been such a breath of fresh air to our entire network. You've touched. <laughs> I, I really, you know, I really don't let your head get too big, but I, I really like working with you. This Charlie, you're doing a horrible job of pumping up her ego. Well, in, in all fairness, I'm still genuinely confused as to why you let me my antagonistic ass on this podcast all the time. So. Well, yeah, I, I, need, I need somebody. I need somebody to stave off Oxtory. Listen to him for Christ's sake. I love it. I love someone who stands up for their position versus right. gets swayed. Right. So, <laughs> oh, so anyway, Katie, where do people find? out there on socials you can find me on twitter on qt geek that is q underscore t geek and on instagram at quintessential geek excellent extra at t extra uh having fun on twitter just uh talking to folks having a good time uh talking about games and things that influenced me and i found out about the fact that you can make devil horn uh like soul patches so that's a cool thing maybe i'll try that on your face Maybe yeah, I'll not? try it too. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Of course, you can find me uh, over on Twitter at the C3. Spell it out. Similarly on Instagram, etc. My wife April and I run the USS Grand Petoskey. That is a chapter of Starfleet International, the International Star Trek Fan Club here in West Michigan, uh, on socials and a website of the same name. So, as always, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring, and to keep on trucking. Keep it sleazy. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. Goats rock. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite Podcasting Network. 
Visit SeekerFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Seeker Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Seeker Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Seeker Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.